Hey everyone, I'm JC and welcome to Age of Reason. So today is actually technically my birthday, uh, but I'm working hard. It's like that song, she works far hard for the money, but I work hard for no money because my show is not making a profit whatsoever. I just want to remind people that I have my book out on Amazon, so please get it. It's a great read. If you enjoy reading books, then, you know, this is right up your alley. And uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, climate change and coronavirus. So the solutions to both are often similar and I'm going to talk why that is. So the title here is why the solutions to coronavirus and climate change are the same. The global spread of the coronavirus is intricately intertwined with the climate crisis. It is a problem exacerbated and likely brought on by environmental degradation of our own making, and how we respond to it could impact the health of the planet and everyone in it uh, in ways that reverberate for generations to come. Uh, so I commented on, on that on the last show. I said, you look at, for example, the Trump administration, and they passed like trillion dollar packages which mostly went to bail out the companies and not the people who the people need money right now people need to pay the rent etc food and uh yeah so they give that money to corporations like the the airline industry the airline industry are is heavy polluter i'm not in favor of it whatsoever so should you let it die well i don't know that depends how you view the future because if you look at the transportation of the future then why not start investing in it right now so instead we invested money back into these archaic corporations and it's true that we don't know the true impact of that yet uh, global recession most likely you have a giant trillion you have many trillions of dollars in the hole suddenly most likely it's going to be an economic recession big one too uh, the economic slowdown has temporarily led to cleaner air and resurgence of wildlife in some cities hard, uh, hard hit by the virus. So, and, and in some cases, this is fake news because I know that somebody shared like a dolphin in Venice and that, that was fake, okay? There's no dolphins in Venice. But there, there, you can see more clearly through the water there. And I think uh, they sold jellyfish in there. So there's that, but the dolphin thing is not real. At the same uh, time, there are indications that the pandemic is distracting from and derating climate efforts. And that's certainly true. So they mentioned here that uh, international meetings have been canceled. I don't really understand why. I thought like video conferencing is a thing in the 21st century. And in fact, the UN held certain video conferencing already. Uh, they had some funny moments there because the first question is, can you hear me? Uh, but they did do it, so I, I don't really see why it's cancelled. Probably because they try to, you know, if you're a, a corporation that de depends on polluting the planet, then in your case, you have to do everything in your power to keep delaying these negotiations because you have to keep polluting until that happens. So, so yeah, that's one strategy that they use. So, uh, these names here over here um i commented on that before i'm gonna say that's bernstein i know that in america sometimes it's bernstein for some reason but it's not written that way so i think it's an americanization of the name so this is bernstein so he's a doctor phd 
he's an expert on the health uh, impacts of climate change. And so he's going to say what, uh, what he thinks about all that. So why does the virus pandemic, what does it have to do with climate change? Well, the connections between them are very real. Evidence is already emerging that shows that, for example, air pollution is increasing the odds of people who will die from COVID-19. So I said that on the last show, and this is where it came from. So they say here that uh, if you have pre-existing like, conditions from pollution, you have an increased chance of death by 15%. Uh, they do mention here that later they revised that down to 8%. But again, as I mentioned, 8% for some people... It's really the difference between life and death. 8% is 8%, you know. Can't run away from it. We know that the air pollution in the US is from uh, burning fossil fuels, burning gas in cars, burning coal in power plants, overwhelmingly. And that pollution is killing people with COVID. So climate solutions are pandemic solutions. Well, that's true. Yes, if we reduce the pollution, then we have healthier people. That's, that's a thing. Another connection is deforestation. Depending on how you cut the pie, around 20% of carbon emissions may relate in some way to deforestation. And deforestation is also a major contributor to infectious disease emergence. We don't necessarily understand how COVID emergence emerged yet. Uh, you know, the conspiracy theorists will point to that Chinese lab. Uh, but we have made every reason to believe that it came into people from bats. And uh, they're going to explain later why. So they say, for example, that Ebola, which um, is uh, somehow making a small comeback in Africa right now, in some uh, places there, we have evidence that suggests that destruction of forests in West Africa contributed to the movement of bats north. And that deforestation may have forced animal-human encounters that otherwise wouldn't have happened. In the Amazon rainforest, deforestation is strongly associated with malaria. So yes, if you cut down the forests, you're destroying natural habitats. And then, so these bats and other animals that live there, they have to move because, again, survival is the, is the key there. So in the case of bats, they're going to move into areas with, with more people, perhaps, and, and mix in there. And of course, bats do carry the coronavirus, not just bats. There are other animals, too. So if they're out there in the wild amongst themselves, usually it's fine. But when they start mixing with people, that's when the problem starts. People see that the coronavirus is an existential threat. Well, that's debatable because, again, if you look at the overall population of the planet, and even if you count all the infected right now, let's say, let's round it up to about 8 million people, it's still a tiny, tiny fraction of the world's population. So, yeah, I, I, I know that I think some people are making it worse than it is. And some people are making it not as, not as bad as it is. So it's, it's kind of like this middle ground there. Uh, we see the death counts mounting. We feel it coming and we act. The climate crisis is killing us too. And we, uh, we are failing to see that or we're just failing to act. Well, kind of both, I would say. Um, I see, you know, protests of, it's kind of interesting because we have protests, people protesting with COVID-19 because those people are t just tired. So these are like assholes, okay? Like screw them. Then we have protests for uh, the, the racism. So this, you know, the black man dies somewhere. 
police brutality, racism, etc. People start protesting in the street, start rioting in the street. And when it comes to climate change, it's not really moving very quickly at all. Uh, you know, we have, and again, I don't think that people are fairly represented. So climate change is going to affect the poor people most of all. They're the most vulnerable people. So instead, we have a spokesperson who is Greta Thunberg. And, you know, she comes from Sweden. She's white. She, in Sweden, I think they have universal health care. Uh, they, I'm not sure, but they might have like public free tuition colleges and stuff like that. So she's, uh, she's doing well, you know, she is not like representative of the people who are really suffering from it on a daily basis. Just have to be said. The medical establishment has been wildly ineffective at preventing obesity. So they're just mentioning obesity as one uh, pre-existing condition here. Uh, what does it take? So people have to eat less red meat. Well, I, in my case, I already am. I have, I had some kind of horrible food poisoning and I just can't eat certain foods anymore. And like beef, for example, is on that no, not to eat list. So I, I'm already kind of contributing, um, not by choice, but just by circumstance. We have to eat more um, uh, and less unprocessed uh, plants. As, uh, oh, more unprocessed plants, sorry. Less processed meat, it says. Uh, that's good for the climate. That's good for obesity. Well, sure. Less fat people around is much, so much better for everything. We need to get people out of cars, which they're sitting in by themselves, sitting in traffic for hours on end, which is Im immensely damaging to health and at least carpooling. But ideally, we have to develop more public transport and encourage biking and walking if it's possible. So I was in Moscow about 10 years ago and my cousin there, we were, we were driving from the airport to, to an apartment and he told me that basically about like, you know, 30 years ago, not everybody in Moscow could afford a car. But now even a secretary, like a low paid secretary can afford a car. So you get one person per one car. And that's a huge issue there. I mean, they have like huge traffic jams in Moscow and ju just like in America, in LA, etc. So this is not something like new, but this one person per one car, that is very damaging indeed. In trying to stop the spread of coronavirus, we are incidentally benefiting the climate. We're consuming less, producing less, flying and driving less, and we're seeing lower air pollution around cities. And uh, people people look at looked at that and they said okay wow that's great we have defeated climate change i know people who think like that unfortunately they're out there and they don't understand that the fight is just beginning we the reality of the situation is that yes we might see a tiny drop in emissions you know that period let's say like january 2020 to about may 2020 just like we saw a small dip in emissions uh, when the economic crisis hit back in two, 2009. I talked about that on the, on the previous show. My shows kind of build on the previous show, so please watch them because your questions have probably been answered elsewhere already and I don't want to repeat myself too often. What we're looking at right now in the reality is uh, there's so much air pollution and it's embedded in the business, uh, the way that we're doing business right now. Uh, so if we stop so much pollution, we improve the lives of people. That's true. Uh, and uh, yep, okay. 
So three years ago, I, I'm not exactly sure because I don't like follow too much. So I'm not sure how his name is pronounced. It should be Fauci or Fauci. Let's go with Fauci. So he, Dr. Fauci predicted that we'd get hit with an infection disease outbreak. So three years ago, he said that. And guess what? We didn't pay attention. Chinese didn't pay attention much either. Let's pretend that we all heard him and listened three years ago. Maybe if we started cutting emissions back then, we could have saved some people's lives by now. That's true. But we didn't do that at all. Instead, in fact, even now, people are trying to get back to normal, get back to business as usual. So let's go back to emitting as much as possible, even more. I mean, the emissions have really exploded since the 50s. If you look at the curve, it really goes up really sharply after the 50s. That's when we started to produce more. And of course, the population of the world ballooned as well. That's when it started. So air pollution is clearly driving the severity of the disease. Uh, air pollution in the States ha in the first time in decades has gotten worse in the past two years. And this is because Trump and his goons in power repealed some uh, environmental protection plans or, you know, orders. And that's why we have that. It, there's no surprise here whatsoever. It shouldn't shock anybody. If you repeal, you know, or like environmental rules, of course, the uh, corporations are going to start polluting again. And the air is going to basically decrease in quality for sure. And again, coming back to obesity here, uh, with all pollution and the obesity concerns that tie climate and COVID together, uh, being poor amplifies those risks tremendously. And that's what I said also. So, you know, you got people like Greta Thunberg, and I'm pretty sure she's well off. You know, she's from Sweden, she's white, she has access to medical health care, uh, she has access to education, she's all set pretty much. But if you talk to some poor farmer in Niger, or I don't know, Ghana or Mali, in uh, some kind of Pacific Island nation, uh, for them, the situation is completely different, okay? They don't have access to good healthcare, they don't have access to good education, and they're poor. And if the water rises in those places, they have nowhere to go. And that's a big, big thing. Uh, we already saw that communities in, in the States uh, have been ravaged uh, the poor communities have been ravaged in contrast to those who are better off and people who can work from home these are people who are making you know like about 100k a year okay so a lot of people who are very vulnerable to covid 19 are people who are poor people who work paycheck to paycheck which in the state's case is about 75 percent of the population of the workers i should say uh we could have had policies, for example, that made sure that poor people in this country have, uh, well, are not poor and they have access to medical health care. So yes, we could have, but guess what? We have a, a pro-profit plan run by the insurance companies and they don't want that. They want to make as much money as possible because they have to pay off their CEOs huge premiums. So yes, universal health care well, Bernie Sanders talked about it. Elizabeth Warren talked about it a little bit, but I think she flip-flopped on that. Uh, Bernie, uh, Biden is not offering that at all. So that's not even on the table. So one reason not to vote for him. Um, uh, Andrew Yang, I think, had something like that, although I'm not entirely sure. 
in detail what his plan was, but he also proposed UBI and UBI would help poor people because, hey, every month we give you, we give you 1000 bucks and people say, some people will say, okay, but if you start doing that, then the people who take the rent, they're going to increase the rent. So from, for example, from 500 bucks, it's going to be that now that 1000 that you get. That's true. But guess what? In other countries, it does not happen. And why is that? Because of strong regulation. So you have to regulate those assholes that try to do that. So in Japan too, you know, in Japan, not laws, not all laws are perfect, but they do control certain things very well here. So the healthcare here is awesome. Very good indeed. So yeah, I'm all for providing opportunities for people and jobs. I mean, this has to be on the table. So just saying I'm not Trump, that's not enough to win a campaign. I'm sorry. You have to put something on the table and then we have to decide whether to vote on it or not. So what can be done now to be ready for the next pandemic? Because you know that there's one coming. There's always one around the corner. Permafrost areas somewhere are thawing out. There's bacteria frozen right now and that's going to come to the surface and that's going to be spread by mosquitoes and ticks. So how do we prepare for that? Well, they estimate here that the government's reactions is that they spent about, I think this is in the world, they spent about 7 trillion bucks to try to clean up this mess. And only a fraction of that, just about 100 billion a year, which is not a lot of money, by the way, a year in the world, would be enough to do uh, what many conservation biologists say would be adequate for providing safe operating space for wildlife. But we're not going to do that. Sorry, I mean, I said on the last show, I'm a very pessimist person when it comes to that. I just don't see it happening. I think it just underscores that we need to refocus our attention on doing what we can to keep the diseases at bay. And that in large part means we have to combat climate change and we have to combat the root cause of biodiversity loss, the destruction of life on Earth. And that's, pre that's it for this article. So yes, um, look, the solutions and the reactions to climate change and COVID-19 are kind of the same. Uh, people are protesting both. Uh, the deforestation especially is very dangerous because again, you have like the Amazon, you got like the Indonesian, uh, Amazon forest burning. Uh, they First of all, they destroy forests, which we need for air and they absorb CO2 so we lose that, we lose the ability to do that. And of course, there are animals that live there. So these animals now, because they lost their natural habitat, now they have to go somewhere else. And usually that means because a lot of the areas now are very urban, urbanized, that means that these insects, etc., they go into places where people live and they contaminate the people. So that's very dangerous. And that's what we have to understand here. So I hope you found this educational. I certainly did, and uh, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.